Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Big Blonde and Beautiful, the podcast. If you're new here, my name's Kara Howie, and each week I pick a piece of media that has fat representation in it, and I talk about whether or not it's positive or negative. This week is a little different because we're going to be talking about um, our first book, which is Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls by Jess Baker. And I also have a very special guest with me, Elizabeth Marie. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Would you mind telling um, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, So I'm Elizabeth. Um, I am uh, 20-something living in Los Angeles, navigating um, a seemingly picturesque, you know, perfect place to live. Um, in a body that's not necessarily accepted in the industry that I've stepped into. Um, I work in entertainment and media, and as a plus-size person, that's a very daunting space. Um, but I'm taking it by storm, and um, I'm happy to be here today. Yay! I also, um, oh, I'm hoping to work in media. I just graduated in May with my bachelor's in media and cinema studies. Oh, I've been like, searching for a job and it has not been easy i've yet to find one and just everything happening in the whole industry this year it's like it's a hard time to be job hunting i feel you. yes it, it is so right now i'm at home but hopefully something will happen so i just had a couple questions just so i can get to know you and the audience can how did you decide to become uh, like public figure in body positive content creation? I actually kind of fell into it. Um, and honestly, it took me a really long time to find the body positive community and especially local here in LA, like find groups and people who thought like I did. Um, I have lived here for eight years and not until like three years ago did I actually know that there was a local like body positive movement and i ended up finding that during the pandemic kind of honestly like struggling with my own mental health and wanting to connect with a community around me as well as like a larger global community um and that's when i really started to focus on seeing what other like social media content people were putting out and how other people were kind of like cultivating safe spaces in their realm of the internet. And um, I feel like that is ultimately what pushed me to kind of step into my own space. Um, I grew up, you know, making like YouTube videos and seeing other people like on YouTube posting like clothing hauls and like shopping hauls and day in my life and stuff like that. And um, at the time, there were very few YouTubers who were actively doing that as plus size people. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like dipped my toes in it a little bit. The pandemic kind of gave me a moment to reset and recalibrate what I was seeing on social media as well as what I was putting out. And I was able to find a handful of creators who were doing exactly like what I wanted to be doing with my content creation and um, then following them and getting more involved in their um, communities that they were building. I realized that a lot of them lived in the Los Angeles area 
And then um, I was able to find local sources of the body positive movement. And um, that really kind of helped me uh, navigate this new space. And then from there, um, I just focused on creating positive uh, content and engaging positively with people and um, trying to not only in my social spaces, but in my real life spaces, uh, be around people who were like minded. I just recently <clears throat> was in LA for the first time in early June, I believe. And I, I went there and they were also nice. And I, I met some very lovely people there and I'm very happy that I was able to go and be in that space because I'm from central Illinois and like our shopping here is like for plus size people non-existent it's a torrid in a mall mm. 30 minutes away from me and that's it <laughs> so yeah. yes I understand that struggle I uh, am from a small town in Colorado it's where I was mm -hmm. born and raised and we had Maurice's or Walmart growing up our so like, shut down a few years ago so yeah all we got <laughs> is torrid so like i said we are talking about things no one will tell fat girls by jess baker so how did you first stumble across this book i actually um came across this book a couple years ago i added it to my to read list and then i uh bought it and i kind of started reading it for me, um, in full transparency, I'm not like a very good self-help reader. Gotcha. Um, and I think it's because I kind of like, <laughs> in advice in general, people will tell me something. And then in my head, I like fight that, like my anxiety or some voice in my head fights what I'm being told. So I ended up like I got three fourths of the way through and then I gave the book to one of my friends because I was like you'll really enjoy this um so when you know when you approached me about this episode I was like oh I get to read by that by that book and um that's how I have it now and um I actually really enjoyed it this time I have been working on myself and accepting like self-help books and mm -hmm. advice a lot more so yeah yeah i uh i think i was just every once in a while because i enjoy reading self-help books specifically um like things like this that i can very much relate to mm -hmm. and so i will go online and be like self-help books written by fat people or whatever <laughs> things like that and so that's how i stumbled across this and then i listened to the audiobook on the train actually on my way <laughs> home from la so yeah, I, I listened to the book and I, I really loved it. It actually, it inspired me because she talks about like a list that someone made of like, I think it was 15 things that people shouldn't do mm -hmm. in the book. And it inspired me to kind of, I, I've neglected it because I've been so busy, but I was doing like a TikTok video challenge where I took from that list and then I found other things and it's about 30 things that I make videos of myself doing that they say fat people shouldn't do. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, that's so I was cool. really happy that I stumbled across this book for sure. Mm -hmm. For those who have not read the book, which I'm going to guess is a lot of listeners, <laughs> um, I'm going to give a little summary just so you guys kind of know what we're talking about and then we'll get more into it. So 
Things known will tell fat girls is a manifesto and a call to arms for women of all sizes and ages. With smart and spirited eloquence, veteran blogger Jess Baker calls on women to be proud of their bodies, fight against fat shaming, and embrace a body-positive worldview to change public perceptions and help women maintain mental health. Jess shares personal experiences along with in-depth research in a way that is approachable, digestible, and empowering. Things No One Will Tell Fat Girls is an invitation for all women to reject fat prejudice, learn to love their bodies, and join the most progressive and life-changing revolution there is, the movement to change the world by loving themselves. Which is very true. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, definitely hard being plus size in a woman I'm sure it's also hard being plus size man obviously I don't have that experience firsthand but for us I feel like women's bodies are much more like consumable is what I would say Mm -hmm. and we're constantly having like things thrown at us that we should purchase that we should look like this and when you don't fit that mold it can be disheartening for sure definitely So um, what are some of your favorite bits from this book? Honestly, I have so many. My book is highlighted to heck, and (laughs) um, I have notes all throughout the book. But um, we kind of, you kind of already touched base on this, the list of 15 things that plus size women are supposed to be doing. Um, That really hit home with me, Mm -hmm. um, because growing up, uh, like I said, small town Colorado, I was also uh, in the church at the time. And so Mm -hmm. I went to like church sponsored etiquette classes and the entire class basically was about like how to look smaller, how to apply your makeup to make your face appear smaller, how to walk so that you didn't like jut out your hips while you were walking thus appearing smaller um how to like create silhouettes with black and how to only wear like color down the middle of you and then black on the side so that you know you had a little tapered waist and all of the rules were what we were told Mm -hmm. so reading that having it kind of solidified to me that I wasn't a I wasn't the only one who experienced uh that kind of ingraining uh thought process but also the fact that other people had struggled with it just as much as I had um because at the time I felt like when I was hearing those things we I I didn't have a voice to kind of like counteract like what do you mean I can't wear vertical stripes or what do you mean you know I can't wear patterns because I might end up looking like a couch and those are still two things that I struggle with today yes um but seeing that list and then seeing the counteraction that Jess paid put into the book um of why do we think that way why are we telling you know plus size women not to wear what they want to wear um not to walk how they want to walk or not you know whatever the case may be um that really stood out to me and it kind of healed something in me that I didn't even realize that I was still carrying Mm -hmm. but I definitely needed to hear that I wasn't alone in that struggle yeah I this book definitely did that and that's another reason why I like to read books like this is because I feel like um like people like us are making that content but it's still kind of 
rare and um, can sometimes be hard to find. And so it's nice to hear that. And I also grew up in the church, but I did not have those etiquette classes. Thank goodness, because um, I have enough religious trauma. So I think that might have um, <laughs> added a lot to, to that. Yeah. But that's also why I hate the term ladylike, because oh. I always feel like um, that's trying to make women in general, like, be smaller in spaces. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with that at all. And so it, despite my mother, um, she, every once in a while, she'll be like, care, that's not ladylike. And I'm like, I wasn't trying to be ladylike. Like, yeah. I don't care. So, but thanks for the info. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she's just um, teaching me what she was taught. And so I kind of, she listens to this podcast, so she's going to be like, great. My daughter's talking about me again. <laughs> um, but I hope that like this podcast and the content I create reaches women her age and maybe helps them kind of realize that they can unlearn some of the things that they were taught and that they're not necessarily true. So I think Jess's book also does a good job of that, like addressing what we've been told and why it is messed up and not true at all. So mm -hmm. that was another important thing about the book because I, um, thankfully I grew up you know, with a mom who was also plus size and she, I didn't see her hate her body for mm -hmm. it. Um, and, you know, there's things that we pick up through other family members and other close friends and stuff. So I, yes. I definitely experienced that. It's just a generational thing that like gets passed down through the women in their family. Yeah. And it's so sad to me that like we have, conditioned multiple generations of women that they're bad for existing in the bodies that they're in and that there's something wrong with them and that was another thing in the book about um assigning a moral value to food that's mm -hmm. something that you know i've definitely heard specifically yeah. in my family and my friends group friend group about like oh you know i'm gonna have an extra cupcake or i'm gonna have a drink with dinner tonight and it's gonna pay from the pounds and like yeah. that well, negative... I was bad today like yeah. that type of thing yes mm -hmm. I even wrote down like some quotes that I loved like um one of them is our bodies are our physical bookmarks that hold space for us in this world mm. I feel like not just fat people but people in general don't appreciate our bodies you know they are the reason that we're able to do the things that we do and we should I guess saying take better care of them than some people could be like but being fat isn't taking care of them but like that's not true yeah. and you just have to value your body and allow it to have a space in this world which is very hard um especially like so I do like photography on the side for um, community theaters uh, in oh, my area. And um, sometimes it's hard for me when like they have audiences during tech week because I always feel like I'm in the way. And I don't know if that would be different if I was in a smaller body and I would feel less in the way. I, I've always hated I, large crowds, I think, because of mm. those reasons. I don't know if you have felt that way. <laughs> 
Yeah, I definitely have. Um, mm-hmm. Very like similarly, if I'm if I'm going to a crowded place as like a paying like customer, mm-hmm. I feel little. I mean, obviously the pressure is always still there in a yeah. larger body, but like it's more of what I'm conditioned to accept. But mm-hmm. in a professional space, if I am taking up too much room as a larger person, whether that be like doing PA work or mm-hmm. um, I do work with a few theaters here as well. Um, if I get in the way in any shape or form, I kind of like, it causes me to freeze a little bit because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, if I was like, you know, smaller then I wouldn't be obstructing the audience view or like this or that yeah. or the other. It's, that's a hard cycle to break out of. Yeah, that's one that I struggle with the most is like feeling like I'm in the way when I'm in public spaces. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's something I definitely have been trying to work on, but it's still a constant like thought right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's something that I don't experience often um, because maybe I'm just like oblivious to it happening but sometimes walking into professional spaces especially like in the entertainment industry automatically having other people assume that you're not a part of it or like that you're lost or Um, you're in the wrong space mm -hmm. I have dealt with that a few times where I'll walk in and it's like they're not expecting like a fat person to be who Mm -hmm. they're working with and it's almost like oh wait why are you here and then there's a moment where it takes them you know to register that oh okay so you're you're the assistant today or you're the wardrobe today or whatever Mm -hmm. I happen to be doing it's like they don't expect a large body to show up and do the work and uh running into that is a challenge and Mm -hmm. um I picked up on what you said about, or the quote that you pulled about uh, having space and like our body being a bookmark. And that really resonated with me because Mm -hmm. of like situations like that. Yeah, I have not experienced that, but I'm sure as I am able to get a job, hopefully in the entertainment industry that I will unfortunately experience that. So that, that sucks. I also feel like the stereotype of us being lazy yeah is another thing and I'm like I am not lazy at all if you knew all the stuff that I do like Mm. I don't know if it's like a midwest mentality but I feel like we're always just go 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 yeah yes Mm. constantly and so I I really hate that stereotype because I'm like I work my butt off and you just assume that I, I get comments all the time, like get a job. I'm like, you think this is paying my bills? Yeah. No. <laughs> so I wish it was, but it's yeah. not. And so, yeah, the, those, but honestly, I kind of laugh at those comments more than anything. I think it would, I would be a lot more mad if I had like that experience that you were talking about where you're walking into a job that you're going to do and they're like, oh you're here for that Mm -hmm. that would be infuriating but those comments I get I just laugh it it pulls me out of it and it reminds me that um the people who see my content only see like a little bit of who I am and what I do and that they don't really know me and not to take their comments you know to heart if they're mean so I'm like that that couldn't be farther from the truth I have like a million jobs so yeah 
in this economy yeah right (laughs) i got a comment like that the other day and it it was so weird because people trolls always like they say the dumbest stuff but Mm -hmm. um i made a video like way back in january about like it was just funny to me at the time whatever um i have it privated now but um i made a joke about like finally like coming into the like the fat unemployed stereotype because i got laid off Mm -hmm. and this guy was just going hard about how like oh i see you like finally met your full potential like nothing else to do now and i was like bro just laugh at the joke and move on okay like also the fact that they don't get that when you comment on our things um you see more of it if you don't want to see us like block me click not interested i had uh i i try to refrain from responding to hate comments because i feel like that just fuels their ego but i had one on the podcast tiktok where he was like this is so embarrassing because i was i do a series where like i um will will do like that representation in media part whatever and i'll talk just a little bit about um who we're talking about for the week and i wanted to comment back you know it's embarrassing not realizing that the algorithm will bring you back to this because you commented sir like you're telling the algorithm what you want to see exactly and if it's making you that Mm -hmm. mad just don't say anything don't comment speaking of like archiving or privating posts she also talks about one thing that i like in here about um finding love as a fat person which is something that i have found super challenging um i think mostly because of like i'm worried about being fetishized because Mm. i had a post that i privated like a month ago because i literally kept getting creepy men following me and commenting on it and i was like I do not want this attention. Like I'm here for the girls. Please go away. Yeah. <laughs> but I I don't know if like what your experience is with dating, but for me, I started deciding that I I want to be single right now. Like I'm not really looking for anything. But like I'd say before I turned like 2021, 20, I was not intentionally single. I just mm. no one seemed to be interested in dating me. And so I just yeah. was dating as a a fat person is so challenging and i um i'm in a long-term relationship we just got Mm -hmm. engaged uh in august and um it's shocking to me because i when i am meeting people and they're like just first finding out that like you know about me and I mentioned oh hey like I'm engaged or my fiance or whatever Mm -hmm. um it's like people almost are caught off guard by that first of all um Mm -hmm. and I feel like that has a lot to do with the fact that in media especially fat people aren't the love interests and I can like name off the back of my hand like one or two books that I've read where it's like a plus size love interest but it's still kind of like you know it falls into another thing that the book talks about being like the hourglass shape and it's like okay well like not all of us have that experience Mm -hmm. um but when i was dating and 
I was putting myself out there and, you know, very much our generation being on like dating apps. Yes. It's a hellish nightmare that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, So many times, you know, I would uh, interact with somebody and think like, oh, like this is, you know, like going okay. And then they make like one comment about, you know, a fetish comment and yeah. I just it would instantly give me the ick and you know I have to get out of there um or you get the people who obviously like weren't really like looking at your profile and just yeah. swiping to swipe and then match with you and they're surprised that like they matched with a fat person yeah um and I was one of those people who felt inclined um, (laughs) because I did meet my fiance on Tinder. Um, So, you know, that's where we met. Yeah. (laughs) It works. It works. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I feel like I became one of those people who was inclined to have a mix of full body photos and face photos because mm-hmm. I wanted to be very forward with the fact that I was fat because of experiences where like somebody would show up to meet me and then very clearly just say like, Oh, like you're not what I'm attracted to. That's not what I thought I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I had my fair share of people who would meet me. And then if I felt something was off or if they felt something was off, then they would be like, Um, I remember one person specifically, I saw him for like three months and I was just the entire time there was something weird Mm -hmm. there, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And um, so I eventually was like, Hey, like, you know, like this isn't going to work out. And um, you know, like, thank you for your time. Best of luck. And his only response was as if you think I could be attracted to you. And like, I still have that ingrained in my head because like, again, this was after like months of, dating that's this crazy person. and then like then they decide that they can't be with a fat person yeah it's, you know. people they hate being rejected by fat people mm-hmm. it makes them feel so bad about themselves like the amount of times that i've had some friends or even myself had someone like it's obvious that they just want to hook up and i'm like no i'm not really like down for that um like if that's what you want that's fine it's just not for me and then they're like well you're fat and ugly anyway and I'm like well you swiped right on me (laughs) and you wanted to hook up with me Mm -hmm. so thank you very much I I am fat but I'm not ugly and uh yeah I also do the mix of face and body pictures as well because I'm I I'm like you need full body it's obvious like I don't I don't edit my pictures like this is what I look like so when you meet me in person, this is this is what you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get what you see because yeah, that can be very challenging. Uh, I have actually never been on a date. Like when I say oh, wow. I have like zero experience, mm-hmm. I mean zero experience. So yeah, it's I I think it's just because I don't I don't know. First of all, I have anxiety, so I'm like the yeah. idea of going on the first date sounds horrible my mom used to encourage me because there was this one guy in college that I kind of like we were very similar and he was funny and we've lost touch now but 
my mom was like, you should just like go on a date with him. And I was like, well, I'm not really like attracted to him in that way. And she's like, well, that's fine. Just go and have fun. And I was like, that doesn't sound like fun to me. That sounds (laughs) horrible. And I'm going to be so awkward and no thanks. So I'm definitely not one to just casually like go on a date with people. Yeah. It's not I didn't start dating until college. And um, all of my friends, like back in high school, like as high schoolers are, they're just, you know, obsessed with dating and guys and girls and this and that and the other. And it was something that terrified the, you know, the living crap out of me. And I just, I could not do it. And um, yeah. when I moved to LA, it was actually when I was like, wait a minute, like, let's let's see what this is like which is probably awful for me because you know it's dating in LA first of all Mm -hmm. dating in LA as a fat person dating in LA as a fat person in the age of tinder so it's like I really did not so yeah yeah so I totally feel you and there's no pressure too. like we are a hundred percent and complete and entirely who we need to be with or without a partner and when you're ready and you know that's that's what you need to focus on is when you're ready and then everything will fall into place and you can begin then don't let anybody pressure you into that I used to feel and sometimes I still do feel like a little embarrassed that I haven't even like really dated I mean I've talked to people on dating apps but like that's as far as it's gone because normally I get bored (laughs) yeah and also I these past couple years though I've been more intentional in being single just because you know I just graduated from college I'm trying to figure out my life I'm trying to figure out my career I'm busy doing this and work and other media things like I don't feel like I have the time or the energy to put work into a relationship and that's what a relationship needs to be long-term is work. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I was like, "Mm, I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. But But I also agree with what you said earlier with that. We don't see fat love interests in the media. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is so true and probably is a big reason why we don't like, I don't know. People feel like we don't have partners that love us or just are able to find someone that wants to date us or that we feel that way ourselves because we we don't see it every day Mm. yeah it's it's not easy Mm. (laughs) I definitely agree and that was something that like for a really long time I struggled with because I did not like to admit that I was like a hopeless romantic or that I like I like romance books or like rom-com movies and stuff like that because I felt like those spaces weren't for me because I wasn't seeing anybody who looked like me and if I was it was always like the third reeling best friend or like the trope of the fat you know side friend friend, Um, yeah. yeah fat funny friend um and I just, I didn't fit into those molds and those weren't the stories that I wanted to see myself represented in. So then I became very much like, well, I don't like, you know, like romance books. I don't like rom-coms. I don't like, you know, cheesy love stories and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not me. And really, 
until like this year, which I've been with my fiance for five years now. So it's taken a lot of like us being in a loving relationship before mm-hmm. I've like felt like I could dip my toes into like the romance space. Mm-hmm. And it's so much because fatness is underrepresented. And yeah. um it's something that I've really internalized because like growing up I I wanted that love story. I, you know, wanted the like wedding and the glitz and the glamour and I wanted to like be the one who like swoons and is swept off her feet and uh yes. fairy tales too. I wanted to like be a princess and I was just never like in that space. Mm-hmm. And so I never got to identify with it and then it made me resent it. And I'm finally, like, coming into a mentality where I'm allowing myself to explore that, like, side of me. And I'm healing that, like, part of my inner child that never really got to experience that. And especially just, like, I – it's something that my anxiety does and something that my brain does. I know that it's a fault of mine. But I automatically assume inferiority when, like, meeting new people. and explaining myself to people mm-hmm. so I will hold myself back with the idea that they already think I'm less than them mm-hmm. and that is definitely like heavy internalized like fat phobia yeah but a lot of it came from not identifying with what I wanted to see myself in you know yes I want to see a fat Disney princess so bad Mm -hmm. and I want it to have nothing to do with her weight and I also want her to not be like an Ashley Graham like yeah Ashley's absolutely gorgeous but she's literally the skinny beauty standard just like a few sizes bigger yeah like that you know like just talks about that hourglass shape Mm -hmm. that we see and I of course always cheer them on because I'm sure even though to me they're like the ideal body type for a fat person I'm sure it is still very much a struggle to be in those spaces and to be successful and so I definitely commend them for that but I also am like where are the girls with the big bellies because because that's what I have and Mm -hmm. I never see it and so I definitely intentionally have been like looking on Instagram and things and following fat content creators that look more like me and less like the hourglass shape because it it just is nice to see yourself represented even if you you know you have to go searching for it which is unfortunate Mm. hope that there's some day sooner rather than later that we don't have to Mm. but yes I I I just want a fat princess. Yeah, so me bad. too. Definitely. And <laughs> seeing like plus size Barbie in the Barbie movie healed mm-hmm. some part of me that I I was longing for. And if we could just get the plus size princess, yes. then I'll be set. You know, yes. I'll be happy. <laughs> and I also even I I went and saw the movie and I guess I didn't really pay attention to who was in the cast other than like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Um but then I saw her and I was like, they have yeah. a fat Barbie. Oh my gosh. Cause I wasn't expecting to see any representation of myself. Mm-hmm. And while I feel like when I first watched it, I didn't notice this, but it was more covered up than mm. her peers. Things can always be improved, but mm. yeah, I was very 
very happy to see that. And I don't, I, and they didn't obviously didn't mention her weight because she's Barbie. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think it was also cool because obviously Barbie has always been like unrealistic in mm. terms of their body. And so being able to see that was was just so nice. I, I love that movie so much. It's so nice. And especially like going and seeing the movie and uh, as we were leaving, like everybody was like yelling out their car windows like, hi Barbie and you know, stuff like that. It was just it was wholesome and we and were everyone just celebrating. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. It felt good to just like exist and mm-hmm. you know, everybody like had a place and I feel like we need more of that (laughs) and to also um embody things that we are told as women are like bad like you know i i feel like so many women including myself went through a phase where we were like i hate pink pink is too girly because Mm -hmm. i i definitely went through that and now i'm like i love pink let's put more pink in my wardrobe like Mm -hmm. so i just simple things like that that you don't even think about being influenced by like the patriarchy and yeah internalized misogyny and it's it's Mm. crazy and that's another great point that you bring up like we're almost locked out of our femininity because Mm -hmm. like we don't fit the feminine body stereotype and i'm the type of person like i I'm all over the realm of like where I want to dress. Some days I dress more androgynous. Some days I dress more feminine. Some days, you know, I'm definitely a mix of the two. Yeah. Um, but I've always had a really hard time dressing and identifying with my feminine side mm-hmm. because I don't feel like I like fit that mold. And so still yeah. sometimes like I'll put on a dress and I kind of like, I feel awkward in it. And it's not that, I'm judging like the way I look, which you know some of it is, but mm-hmm. that's not my sole problem. My problem is, you know, we're told not to enjoy our bodies in those spaces, and um, that's why, like, that's why I started making content the way I have because I wanted to see more bodies like mine in outfits like I liked. Yes, and I wasn't seeing that, so I decided to make that content and. You know, it's it's been a challenge for me this year to kind of embrace what my body looks like no matter what and not hide my belly and mm-hmm. have, you know, have my belly there. Like, if it's tucked into my jeans, so what? Like, yeah, who cares mm-hmm. if it's if it's altering the way the silhouette of this dress looks? Whatever. Doesn't matter, yeah. you know? I know. I wish that all women what you know we have shapewear and things and i'm like but that isn't necessary because like we all have bodies we all have things we're insecure about um you know if you're you look like you have a stomach in this dress it's because you have a stomach yeah and that's just mm-hmm. life and also i don't know if you went through this but i was traumatized by cole's women's section as a child because yeah. like at like 10 12 years old they don't have my size in juniors and also Mm -hmm. juniors are made for like teenage girls that have things that I didn't have at that age and so but then you have to go to the women's section and try on like my mom's clothes which I mean 
are fine for her, but that was not what I wanted to wear as like a 12 year old. So did you go through business casual era? I did. And I look back and I'm like, (laughs) me too. I have this one picture of me and it, it's awful, but it's like, I think fifth or sixth grade. It's one of my school pictures. And I'm literally wearing one of those shirts that has like the fake white button down underneath it. And then it's the Mm -hmm. black sweater. And I had, I don't know why my mom let me do this, but I cut my hair. It used to be like down, like past my butt. And she let me cut Mm -hmm. it right before school pictures. And I got a bob. But what happens when you have really long hair and then you go really short is it kind of like shrinks up. So I look like coconut head, like just in this button down business casual shirt. And I remember being so uncomfortable on the day and I was wearing like tapered, like pinstripe pants with the shirt. I'm like, why did you let me dress like this? Like I look like I should be like morning breakfast staff at the B&B down the street. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Maybe that's why. I never thought of that. Maybe that's why I hate looking for like blazers and things. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to dress. I don't want to look like, I don't know, like business casual, like I did when I was a kid. But it was either that or like, I don't even know what else was the option, to be honest. It was Mm -hmm. that. That was it. I don't know. Um, Kohl's, if you're listening, I don't know if you still sell this stuff, but. um, (laughs) Rid of it. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) We don't want to dress business casual. I saw I saw a TikTok that was like um it was from a while ago like the caption was me watching um a fat young girl shop in the women's section at Kohl's but I know that I can't interrupt it cuz it's oh, a canon save that poor jackal <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on the book or mm-hmm. any final things that you want to say about it Yeah you know I I think two things um, I feel like as fat women and fat people in general, but specifically fat women, we aren't told that we can do hard things. And I feel mm-hmm. like this book proves that we can, um, yes. not only for the author, but for the collective people who, um, helped with the book, with the mm-hmm. essays in here and the different stories that are just told throughout. I feel like it's proof that we can take up space and we can put our voice out there and we deserve to speak on things that um, affect us, speak on things that are, you know, unfair or need to be fixed. Um, And I, with this book specifically, was really impressed with the amount of um, different voices that were a part of the book that maybe don't only belong to like fat spaces. There were mm-hmm. disabled voices. There were people of color collaborating in here. And I really think that that um, elevated where this book is at. Um, and I would encourage everybody to read it because yes. like I said, I am not a very good self-help reader. And I did read this book like, two two and a half times in preparation Mm -hmm. for today um and the first time I will say that I had you know a few moments where I like 
I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. And then I would sit and think with the thought or like sit with the thought for a minute. And I was like, oh, actually, like, I get that. I understand. Yeah. That. Um, so even if you're not a self-help reader, um, I feel like this book can help multiple uh, types of people and it can yeah. help everybody like honestly yeah. give it a shot because I, w- I was shocked with the amount of uh, work that went into this and I was very impressed and um, I'm glad that we have Jess Baker putting her voice out there yes and I'm excited to read some of her other books too I know um, I really I was like this came out how long ago yeah she is like I need to read her newer stuff yeah right and um the fact that you know like you said like maybe your audience hasn't read the book so mm-hmm. many people have probably missed this one yeah um but it's important and um i identified with a lot in here like mm-hmm. i said like cover to cover it's highlighted there's notes there's sticky notes there's things that we didn't even get to talk about today yeah that i have like strong opinions on mm-hmm. um so I know we could talk for forever, (laughs) We could, (laughs) but absolutely. I think that this book obviously has the word fat in the title, but I don't think it's just for fat people. Um, Obviously that's who it's mostly geared towards, but she does mention like just loving your body, no matter what size you are Mm -hmm. multiple times in this book. And also maybe if you have fat friends and you want to understand more about how they feel, sometimes Mm. in these types of situations and just living life in a fat body um pick this up and read it i i always love learning more about um like my friends experiences or just people in general Uh, that's something i'm very interested in because i i want to be as accommodating and um helpful as i can be and so Mm. if you do have fat friends i'm sure they would really appreciate you um trying to understand them more because Definitely. Everybody just wants to be understood and heard. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so much Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is <laughs> there any um you want to plug like your media or anything that you're doing right now? Yeah. Um, so my handles are thick fruit snack on uh TikTok and Instagram and basically everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um right now I am working on getting my blog up and running. So that's my big thing that I'm kind of focused on. Um and yeah just creating like positive content and uh still being a good little nice voice in my little corner of the internet um and yeah i'm excited to just keep doing that (laughs) absolutely all right well thank you everyone for listening to this episode as always i hope that you enjoyed it uh if you did please like share rate us five stars you know leave your thoughts um, if you read the book, some of what you found interesting in the book, I'd love to to chat with you guys. Uh, you can follow the podcast on TikTok at bbb.thepodcast and on Instagram at bbb.podcast. And you can follow myself on all social media at Carolina Howie. And until next time, stay fat and fabulous. Bye.